Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Genius Half Hour podcast. I'm your co-host, Stan. And I'm your other co-host, Emma. In today's episode, we'll talk about the development of the COVID-19 pandemic since we last covered it, Trump's reaction to the pandemic, and how close we are to getting a cure. Now, in episode five of our podcast, we covered the coronavirus when it had initially spread to the United States. That episode is now very out of date. We very matter-of-factly talked about how we didn't believe that the virus would cause this big, that big of an impact on the United States. However, seeing as we are recording this from quarantine in separate houses, we were very wrong in our predictions. There are currently over 700,000 confirmed cases of the virus worldwide, with over 140,000 in the U.S. alone. However, those only account for the people who have reported it. There are believed to be many more who have yet to be diagnosed, as explained by why the numbers in New York are skyrocketing daily, and why California's numbers are growing very slowly. Now, the first question is, um, what were some of the causes of our initial misconceptions of the virus? I know with me personally, I kind of got a little bit cocky with how I viewed everything and said, oh, well, we're living in the United States. We're one of the most technologically advanced countries there is, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to affect us that badly, but I guess it kind of just uh, didn't occur to me how like dense the population actually is here. Yeah, and um, what people like, what I failed to realize was um, just a lot of the response um, that we did not take initially. Like, as soon as that first case came in, we should have you know locked down and everything. And so I feel like it was. We we didn't take into account the um, lack of cooperation between governors and the president and um, even cooperation between people, you know, because people are used to routine. So they're, all of a sudden, they're not just going to be like, oh, I'm going to stop doing everything I like to do, you know. And so we underestimated it a lot of, you know. Also, we didn't know anything about it, pretty much. It was, it's a new strain. It's new um, symptoms and stuff. So it was just hard to judge something like that. You know, it was the first strain that affected humans. So like there probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have really been uh, anything like, well, I guess things might not be as bad as they are now. Say there was like uh, another strain of the coronavirus that affected people, but it's the first one. So Mm -hmm. it really is just a disease with no cure at the moment. So, yeah. Which is the most one of the scariest thoughts. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of which, how bad do you think it's got yet to be? Um, they are predicting. I know many doctors, like Doctor um, Fauci or Fauci, um, in head of charge of the CDC, has predicted by June by June first or like June tenth or whatever is going to be pretty much the end, and you'll start seeing the people who do have it recover you know and so i don't think it's going to become that bad um but after that but right now as of right now i mean we're off school until may 1st and like so it's a lot so again i'm not i'm not going to make any gross accusations right now because obviously as we've seen (laughs) two months ago we made the same sort of um we can be wrong yeah exactly but said uh i've seen on like the local news and stuff that they have predictions that like up to 70 percent of ohio is going to uh could catch the virus yeah 
that on its own is kind of scary. Like when this all first started, Amy Acton came out the per- the the doctor that's directly um working with Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio right now. Um, she said that it's estimated that even one percent of Ohioans are carrying it. You know, that's over a hundred thousand people. So it's you know it's it could become a lot worse. But you know that that curve model that they, they they're showing a lot is. Um, hopeful, you know, that if we stick to social distancing, we stay home, um, you know, so I think, I don't think it's gonna, it's gonna get that bad after this, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna eat my words probably. <laughs> so <laughs> again, <laughs> I'm gonna just stop saying stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have learned that we're not very good at, uh, predicting how viruses yeah. will act. <laughs> yeah. It's because we haven't lived through a pandemic like this. Because, mm-hmm. like, we lived through, like, the swine flu and all, like, the MERS and stuff. But, like, but since the Spanish flu, there hasn't really been a worldwide pandemic at this scale. And, like, that's over 100 years ago, so. Yeah, I guess that's also part of why we got so cocky about how it's not going to be that big of an issue. Cause it's been exactly. over 100 years. Yeah, exactly. Because so. we're like, oh, the reason it didn't... It didn't work out 100 years ago because they didn't have the technology. But now we're seeing the same similarities between these two. And it's, you know. I don't think it's I, going to have, like, as big as a death toll as the Spanish flu did. Yeah, is, I don't think so either. Which, for one, is saying something. Because, like, the population has skyrocketed since then. But Oh, yeah. I, I still don't think as many people will die as they did in the Yeah, it's not really... Time. Yeah, what's the problem with... um? This is, it's not so much as people dying from it, it's about how the workforce is, you know, um, out of work right now, because you're out, like, once you get, like, the symptoms can last for 12 to 14 days, you know, and you're pretty much incapable of, like, doing anything um, by yourself when you're that sick, and so it's more, people are talking about um, just how what it does to like the workforce if they're sick then how are things going to function you know so yeah it's there's a lot that goes into a lot of decisions you know (laughs) well out of the uh 700,000 plus cases around the world about 20 percent of them are in the u.s and like is that scary or surprising to you at all um i think it is surprising because, you know, as we said, we didn't even believe this would become a pandemic. But considering what we know and how our government reacted to it, I it's not surprising. Because when the president called it a hoax not even three weeks ago, that, you know, I it doesn't surprise me that people <laughs> wouldn't be taking it seriously then. Because, you know, yeah. a lot of people listen to um, President Trump. And when he says something like that and you know, obviously isn't really working out. <laughs> um, so it's, I, I, it is scary that we are making up 20% of the cases because just months ago, we only had one case, you know, and like only like a hundred deaths. And now we're up to like thousands of deaths and thousands of cases, hundreds of thousands of cases, you know, more than In China. Every state that, by now. Yeah. And there's more, it's, there's more cases than China had, you know, so I think the unsurprising fact though is that it's a uh, most of the cases have been reported in New York, 
which is yeah a very very populated state but also mm-hmm. a very small state yeah so if it's gonna be anywhere it'd probably be up yeah. up in new york you know? because like california even though there's like a lot of people there they're not it's not they're not very densely populated like new york city you know and so Certain places yeah of course but like there's cities you know but like like comparing Cleveland to New York, you know, New York is much more densely populated there, you know, so yeah, it's not surprising that New York is the epicenter, but in they the also US said place. that, yeah, in the U.S., yeah, but they also said that um, New Orleans and New Louisiana would become the next epicenter because um, I think it was about it two weeks around ago. Mardi Gras. Yeah, and yeah. After the Trump called for the national lockdown, people still wanted to party at Mardi Gras, and then the next day they had 400 cases. So, you know, there's was, a possibility that they could become the next epicenter, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> just people not making the most complicated <coughs> decisions. Yes. Again, this is showing a lot <laughs> on people who have common sense and the people that go out to the beach because, you know, I'm young, I can have a party and have friends out, you know, because oh, it won't affect me. But you're not invincible. It's also in part due to, like, how that airplane tickets tickets are so cheap right now. Yeah. So it's like, I've heard that, uh, I don't know if this is true, it's just what I've heard, but, like, a flight from New York City to LA right now is 80 bucks round trip. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that is unbelievably cheap. So, yeah, but it's also not not a discount you should take advantage, yeah, so like basically there um a lot of flights are um actually racking up prices as of now because of you know a lot of people buying tickets because of <laughs> and so there I think there was one <laughs> ticket from like people trying to get home, you know from Europe to america you know and they're like you know upwards of ten thousand dollars you know and so it's a scary time well we already talked about some of trump's reaction but he had a lot of them yeah he kind of kept changing what his opinion was so So, uh unsurprisingly he had a few things to say about the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. He announced that the quarantine should be over by Easter, but he hasn't changed to April 30th. If you didn't know, April, Easter this year is April 12th. Uh, he's also said that if the virus kills between 100,000 to 200,000 Americans, we would have done a successful job fighting it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's also been reluctant to close down the country, arguing that we have never done this for like, the flu. And his main argument for that is that uh, uh, it'd be very catastrophic towards the economy and he still maintains that stance, which is fair. Uh, is his reluctance to close down the country warranted? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> he... I'm, I'm just gonna, like, right now, he's probably one of the most insensitive presidents we've had. And the fact that he won't close down the border because of trade deals with other countries and exports, you know, to save the economy over the lives of 
American citizens is just very sad to see, especially now. When... Wanting to protect the economy is one thing, but at the end of the day, you can resurrect the economy, but you can't resurrect people. Exactly. And there's not going to be an economy when half your population dies. So yeah. that's why it just makes me... It, it, just, <laughs> in, in, it just anchors me a lot that he's taking this so lightly, you know, and governors are doing a better job than the president, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the thing with, like, the governor of Michigan? Um, no. Uh, basically, she criticized him, and then Trump threatened to withhold aid to Michigan because she criticized him. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. As He literally threatened a war crime, and I find that so funny. Yeah, it's not, it's, yeah. So I think he did it to one other state, too. I think it was Washington. Oh, oh yeah, Washington. he... Washington. Washington. I'm not positive though. Yeah, that was where the first the first case was, and yeah, didn't do anything back about it in January, you know, and didn't really talk about it all through February, and then, <laughs> and then we now we're everyone's quarantined, and <laughs> so <laughs> and so is a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand a reasonable death toll? No. Yeah, it's not. It's. I think it's a simple no. Yeah, it's it's really not because he said, "quote success it would be a win for America if we lose a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand of our own citizens to a disease <laughs> that he could have prevented. He he could have prevented the spread, you know. Yeah. And so that would absolutely not be a win because no matter what the stock market says, you know." We w- we will be in a recession, and it's just that simple, you know. Just and... to like put into perspective how much a hundred thousand people is, it's about a fifth of the population of Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that is the, one of the largest. That would be since the Spanish flu would be like one of the largest death tolls since um, the Spanish flu, and that would not be a win, you know. And so. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where. Yeah. So the effects of some of the mixed signals that the president is sending is a lot of his supporters obviously take everything he says, you know, seriously. And so I work at um, a grocery store right now, and the literally, I think maybe 80% of the people at the grocery store who are elderly. They have some form of Trump memorabilia, memorabilia that they're wearing, you know, and just hearing some conversations that people are having is, you know, um, that they're saying it's a hoax, you know, and it's like not that big of a deal. And it's just really weird to see that, you know, that you could stick by someone like that. If but, we even come close to like a hundred thousand deaths, that's going to be a very, very big yeah. deal. Yeah, that, that's a lot of people, especially considering the death, the death mortality rate, you know, of this virus. So, a hundred thousand people would die, but that means like millions would get it. So, like, yeah. <laughs> some millions would be either very sick, even like mild symptoms, you know. Or like now overrun the hospitals and stuff. So like it's just not up for debate if a hundred thousand people dying. You know, like I, I just don't even know why that he that he like thought of that. Like that number just popped in his head. 
I, I guess a uh, hundred thousand would be a small amount of money to him. So yeah, because it's not a small amount of people. No. <laughs> that what I said that would be like comparing comparing. Uh, I can't talk today. Uh, <laughs> comparing one dollar to one person. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's the worst president we've ever had, but he's not handling this the way he should. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely yeah. most insensitive, I believe. Because, you know, After, even like, Jackson. Yeah, even, well, Andrew Jackson was, you know, a scumbag, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we won't get into that. But, um, but like, even, you know, Nixon and all of them, like, at their worst, they were. I, I would still still a little bit professional about it, you know? Like it, he's I would just say not... that like Nixon wasn't a bad president. He just got kind of yeah. caught up in something there. Yeah, well another debate. <laughs> he he knew what he was doing, but yeah, politics he, wise he wasn't politics, bad. yeah, compared to he some did of the an other okay people. job of running the country. Yeah. And so in light of all that um, sad news, you know. There's um, a possible cure, the the cure progress. So, so, several pharmaceutical companies are working together on a possible drug or vaccine for the COVID nineteen disease. In Innovio Pharmaceuticals is ahead of the curve and has announced that vaccine trials should be should begin in April of 2020. The FDA has also approved a few drugs primarily used to treat arthritis and malaria for coronavirus treatment. Specifically, a drug called Actimura. I can't pronounce it. I don't know how to say it either. Yeah. (laughs) Has been approved for the treatment in China and has been used to prevent um, cytokine and the overreaction of the immune system, which is the main cause of death in COVID-19 patients. An Ebola drug being tested. Ebola drug being tested in <laughs> Wuhan has already proven to be ineffective, but trials are continuing nonetheless. Countless other drugs are also in the process of being tested for quick relief while the full thing is in its works. So what could be some of the possible negative effects of rushing the vaccines? I think there's the obvious one of it might not actually be right. Yeah. But a lot of drug trials take years to go through. Mm-hmm. Like th- we just came up um, a year ago or something like four years after the epidemic and for Ebola, you know, we it just we just came up with like a treatment, not even like a vaccine, you know, and so yeah. and they were working on it the whole time during the epidemic, so it was just you know, vaccines are obviously a good thing, but they can, they said they also do put like a strain of the virus in you, not a strain, yeah. a little bit of the virus in you, so. Yeah. Uh, messing that up could obviously be catastrophic if they just mm-hmm. send it out to the uh, population with minimal trials. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, and then like the FDA has to um, approve it, and then they have to, you know, a lot of process goes through it. And I get that rushing it would be the best option right now, but <laughs> yeah, so it, the... it's... In a situation like this, sooner rather than later is probably the best. Because yeah. I don't remember Ebola ever getting that out of hand in America. Well, yeah, it wasn't because it wasn't as contagious, you know. Yeah, and they also did a better job of quarantining everybody. Mm-hmm. Because, 
you know, from what I remember, at least. Yeah, they had um. Well, Trump fired the pandemic response team in 2018. <laughs> so <laughs> they were foreshadowing. Yeah, and they were responsible for you know getting that under control, and so maybe it wouldn't be as bad if he didn't do that. But you know, we'll never know. Anyways, uh, the FDA has obviously been very impatient with uh, rushing to get some treatments uh, and vaccines out. And they have straight up stated that the benefits outweigh the risks. Said in reference to the untested drugs. What's your opinion of this mindset? I think for I think that is a good mindset right now. Because it could potentially save millions, you know. But at the same time... Uh, we're talking about like people right now, you know, and so I get that it's it's so hard to you know because like people are gonna be mad if they don't rush it, but then people could be mad if they are rushing it, you know, and so I think it's I better know. to rush it than to not. But yeah, in the case of the risks are also people's lives, so mm-hmm. I think there should be some testing, but. Not just like there should be some testing, but not like the year long trials we have. Mm-hmm. Don't just like straight up create a drug, say, here, take this. It'll get rid of your coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, that could be and very, like, very bad. Yeah. And like, um, like the polio vaccine, you know, that was, um, there was a whole other topic on like whether it should be free or, you know, whether it should be required and all that. And, like, it's proven that vaccines work, okay? But, like, at the same time, the expense of them, and, you know, as of right now, there's, um, like, the healthcare system, you know, um, is kind of crazy right now because they're all um, overflooded with, uh, like, people with cases, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's... It's just difficult. <laughs> a lot of hospitals have stopped taking coronavirus patients unless they're at like severe yeah. risk for uh, anything yeah. bad to happen. Which I think is good. And like, well, obviously they can't support that many people, you know. And so prioritizing people that actually need hospitalization because, you know, they're at home or at risk in the age group that it most yeah. likely kills, you know. Um, so yeah, I actually know someone who uh, uh, I don't know exactly what she did, but she did something to her ankle, and she's in a boot right now. She was uh, supposed to have surgery for it, but that got yeah. pushed back. Yeah, there the in yeah. the crisis in Italy, um, uh, they are deciding whether or not to like they they're dealing. You know, we are dealing with the same problems they have been dealing with. You know, for months, and so. They're like they had to decide whether to treat an old, like a sixty-year-old or like a thirty-year-old, you know. And so, like making those tough calls like that is just just got to be so difficult, you know. For like people. also with the virus, that can be really hard to detect because mm-hmm. the symptoms are just like vomiting, fever, and shortness of breath. Well, like yeah. I experience two of those symptoms on a daily basis because of other <laughs> health things. So, like, yeah, exactly. 
It's a shortness of breath. That's just a daily thing for me. Yeah, it's just that's just an asthma thing. <laughs> that's just asthma. Combine that with reflux, and you're like throwing up every week. So yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you never know until everyone else in your family starts doing it too. <laughs> what can be some uh, outcomes of using uh, drugs that have been tested? Well, you know the the risk of. Um, dying <laughs> is a pretty big one. <laughs> it's pretty blunt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, well, you have to have things tested and, you know, for sure <laughs> gonna work, you know, because side effects, allergies. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, so that's many other big one. There's so that. many, yeah. So that's why it's such a long process because they have to test other, they have to test people with um different um allergies they have to test people with different conditions and so it could it could be years until they have like even a working treatment not not like let alone a whole vaccine so you said you could uh create a drug to treat it but mm -hmm. it could have this like unknown side effect where it just automatically kills everyone with like type 1 diabetes or something yeah. and they would never know because i didn't test it yeah like, so, that's kind of it's kind of extreme, that's extreme but, but like it's the thing that could potentially happen and that's again that's like why we have the FDA you know and mm -hmm. so so i've heard a lot of people talking about like the apocalypse is coming but i don't i don't think it's i I, I i'm done making you know um <laughs> giving my opinion on this sort of things like for the future because the next episode really we could be taping cool. from a bunker so i don't know <laughs> At this point, final episode. <laughs> final episode live from the bomb shelter. Yeah, yeah. There's zombies outside. Again, like even with our last episode about the election, we were immediately wrong the next day. Yeah. Like <laughs> that like, was funny. Now there's only two candidates in the Democratic race, and there was eight, and so <sighs> it's. It's going to be fun to listen to every episode back when we're done with the show. Yeah. Just to, like, see <laughs> how much we got wrong about everything and how much it's changed. Because, like, the first episode we were talking about Area 51. Yeah, that's it's crazy how far this yeah. year, how crazy this short eight months has been, you know. Like, I know, it still feels like we just started it. Yeah. Anyways, I don't think this one ended on, like, a sad, sad note. No. Like, I don't think we have to put the suicide hotline in the description. <laughs> Again. Like, like we usually have to do after one of yeah. our episodes. <laughs> um, it, all, it always somehow goes to <laughs> suicide hotline. Yeah. So, yeah. I sound yeah, like a, I sound like a corrupt celebrity right now, but, like... We are in this, no, like, we are in this together, you know, and so, you know, maybe not physically, but, um, they just, just hang in there, and I guess mm -hmm. it, 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 we'll see what happens, basically, because. Wash your hands, stay inside, yeah. do your homework. Please, please stay at home, so I don't have to keep working, because <laughs> <laughs> I am fearing that. You know, I've heard that Mark's just like started high hiring everyone who applied because yeah, they need stalkers so bad. We did. 
Um, but there's not even anything to stock, you know? So. Because <laughs> you <laughs> how much toilet paper are you getting? Well, we have, we just got a stock of toilet paper, but, but we haven't had, um, hand sanitizer for about, since February. Jeez. When it got serious. So, yeah. I've heard that a couple refineries in Cleveland have been, like, uh, yeah. using all their excess stuff to make hand sanitizer. Yeah, they've actually, cool. yeah, they've actually stopped production of, um. Um, they stopped uh, production of the. I believe it was vodka, but I'm not positive. Yeah, it was a distillery, um, yeah. either whiskey or something, and they have all the ingredients for um, for a hand sanitizer, you know, and now yeah. they're actually um, going to use. Like, a couple of clothing companies have been using their extra scraps to make paper and stuff. Yeah, which I think or, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, we should probably start talking about the positives. You know, like the. Um, rivers in Venice, Italy are completely clear and you can see the fish and there's um, dolphins at the Italian coast again. First time they've been spotted since like the 80s. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah. And the the pollution cloud above China has decreased like 70%. Um, And there's like whales spotted in Antarctica and stuff. So once again, I feel like the world is just, you know, just taking a breather right now. And, like... Takes a it, pandemic to save the environment. That's, a, yeah, that's what the sad part it's, is. That's, this is a lot about humans. Yeah, try, tell me about it. Yeah. I don't feel good about it either. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they were here first. <laughs> that's basing in my analogy. Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Is that it? I I believe so. I think I've said everything I need to say about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, uh, thank you guys yeah. for listening. Um, this episode will be available on Spotify and all other major um uh, streaming services. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at at Genius Half Hour, and we'll see you guys um next month. Hopefully. See you next month from the yeah. bomb shelter. Yeah, from the bomb shelter. <laughs> Have a nice day. Have a good day.